Welcome everyone to our first mock draft show at Bull Take Scouting. Uh, earlier today or yesterday when, when this will be posted, Alex Greb uh, posted his mock draft 2.0 on our Bull Take Scouting Instagram page, which you can find right here. And I'll just move to the side for a second so you can see all the handles if you want to follow us on these different platforms and listen to this, which will be both on uh, YouTube and on Spotify and Apple. So we're we're gonna get right into it. We just wanted to give this explanation, a uh, pick by pick breakdown of of the mock draft that Alex posted. So first, first overall, no surprise here. Who do you have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting? Yeah, like you said, it's no surprise. Um, pretty pretty straightforward pick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. Yeah, there's there's not much to discuss there. He's their quarterback of the future. We know it's gonna happen. Put it in the books. Now, second overall is where it gets really interesting already. Because the New York Jets, they have a new head coach in Robert Sala, new offensive coordinator in Mike LaFleur. Um, Joe Douglas is, is staying as general manager, but that doesn't change the fact that there's a lot of intrigue around this pick. We don't really know what the Jets are going to do. What do you what are you thinking right now at second overall for the Jets? All right, so there's really three main things that could happen here. Uh, they could go quarterback, they could take Panay Sewell, or they could trade away the pick. Um, I'm thinking they stick stick with it and go quarterback here. So that's pretty much between Wilson and Fields. I think Wilson fits uh, the system better with uh, Lafleur coming in. So Zach Wilson's the pick, uh, number two. Yeah, I think that there's really no way to tell for sure if they go quarterback, which one it'll be. I do think that you're right, and I agree with them going quarterback, and I think they definitely should because I have Fields over Wilson. I know you do too, but we see both of them as franchise quarterbacks, and we're not sure – um, if Sam Darnold's career can really be salvaged at this point. And so with the talent sitting there, it's best to just start fresh. And it definitely could be Zach Wilson. We'll, we'll have our answers in, in, in a few months, but it'll definitely be interesting to see how that develops. And so third overall, the Miami Dolphins, who acquired this pick via uh, Houston in the Laramie Tunzel trade, who do you have them selecting? Well, with the third overall pick, I have the Dolphins selecting uh, the replacement for Laramie Tunzel in uh, Panay Sewell. Yeah, I think that it was actually great business by them. They got these picks and uh, and Panay Sewell on a rookie contract for uh, a left tackle who's who's a pro ball level tackle, but Panay Sewell should really end up being that same level. So I think that's the pick I would make. I, I don't I'm, I like the wide receivers, but they're just not the same value as Panay Sewell and left tackle is just as much of a need when you have a, a young quarterback who had injury issues in college and, and Tua. So I agree with the pick. I think this is the most likely direction and definitely what I would do. Uh, for, fourth overall, another interesting situation, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. What do you have them doing at fourth? So the Falcons, it's a little bit, you know, muddy waters right now. Um, it's before free agency. So we don't know if Julio Jones is going to stay, Matt Ryan's going to stay. I'm kind of leaning towards no. I don't think they have the a good enough roster. Um, to help those two try to make a Super Bowl push. So I think it'd be in both of their best interests to uh, move on from those two. So with that said, I have the Falcons taking Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. Wow. Now that that would really be resetting the franchise there, but I, I think it would be great. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they have the talent to really uh, catch that closing window that is the careers of uh, both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and this would probably be in their best interest. Not sure if they go that direction. They might think that they can salvage that those late years of their careers and make a run for it, and and they maybe go a different direction. But this is definitely a, a an option to to watch out for, and 
would definitely be very interesting. So fifth overall, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, we kind of thought this was the Panay Sewell team, but they played themselves out of this pick, and now they're they're in almost muddy waters, but they definitely do have some uh, really talented players available. Which direction do you see them going in at fifth? So, you know, as everyone knows, Joe Burrow uh, messed up his knee uh, last season. So I think the biggest thing uh, that the Bengals should be focusing on is protecting Joe Burrow. So I have the Bengals taking Rashawn Slater, uh, offensive tackle from Northwestern. Um, and I just think that, you know, people, some people are high on him. I know we're higher than consensus probably. Daniel Jeremiah, you know, he's the same way. Uh, some people are lower on him, but I think, you know, when it's all said and done, he's going to be the pick at five. Yeah, I think they could definitely go this direction. and They really got to protect Joe Burrow, and Slater's really a rock-solid tackle prospect. And people are going to want Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, but getting that protection is really important, and, so, and Slater's a solid, safe pick. So moving on, the, the sixth overall pick, the Eagles from what we saw in their Week 17 antics that have been widely documented, it, it, does, it did look like they really want this sixth overall pick. So, Alex, which direction do you have them going in sixth overall? Well, you know, this is kind of why they wanted the sixth overall pick. The The biggest need on the Eagles roster, probably wide receiver, even though they take they took uh, Jalen Rieger last year and it's not really looking like it's working out. But, you know, with this sixth overall pick, they'll most likely have their pick between the top two wide receivers in Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Um, I've been picking Devontae Smith here. I, I'm, I'm still debating. I know you are too on, you know, who's higher on the board. I just think recency bias is going to come in for a lot of teams. And what, what have you done for me lately? Devontae Smith was the national Championship game MVP, Heisman Trophy winner. So he's a more sexy pick. Uh, yeah, I think I think that I, I, this is definitely the direction they're going to go in with wide receiver. Whether or not it's Chase or Smith is really, really a toss-up right now. I think because of the profile they have in Jalen Rieger, who they definitely still have confidence in to develop into a field-stretching wide receiver, I think they might go with Chase, who's more of a big body, move the chains receiver to contrast and, and give that reliable security blanket that whoever the quarterback will be will really need. But they could definitely go either way, and we'll see as the draft process unfolds. So now uh, at seventh, the Detroit Lions, there have been a lot of rumors that they may move on from Matt Stafford. We don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it does make this pick interesting. Who do you have the Lions picking at seventh? So, yeah, I know the rumors of them moving on from Stafford are, you know, some people think they will, some people think they won't. I think they'd be more likely to if one of the three top QBs um, was still available, which, you know, in this case they're not. So I have the Lions taking Jamar Chase, uh, wide receiver from LSU at number seven. I think that that's a solid pick, and you're right. If those three quarterbacks aren't available, they could definitely go in that direction. Though The difficult part is if they're going to part with Stafford and, and – pick a quarterback that they really would make that move probably earlier in in the spring off season before the drafts and they can't really tell what's going who's going to be there maybe they make a move up but uh, it, it definitely looks like it'll be an interesting off season in in Detroit so I th if this is definitely a possible uh, scenario and solid pick uh moving on to eighth overall the Carolina Panthers um they really built the defense in, in last year's draft. Every single draft pick was on the defense, and you see them going right back into the defensive pool of prospects. So give us the pick. Yeah, so I've been picking Micah Parsons, uh, number eight, and I just think, in my opinion, he's probably the best player on the board um, at number eight. And, you know, they had that rock-solid um, linebacker in Luke Keekley before he retired, and then, you know, he retired probably earlier than they were expecting. 
Um, and I just think, you know, there, there's talk about quarterback. I'm not sure. You know, they could totally uh, take Lance at eight. But I just think, you know, with Parsons there, he might be able to fill the Luke Keekley role as a rock-solid linebacker for the next 10 years for them. Yeah, I think that on offense, I think they're a, a really good quarterback away from from having a really good offense given the rest of the pieces they have. But I, Ian Rappaport did say today, and I know this is a little off topic, but he did say today to not rule out the Panthers as a potential landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Now, uh, this is this this draft pick is obviously not a hypothetical of that happening. It could happen either way, but. Trey Lance is definitely a possible pick, but there's other there's other solutions at quarterback, or maybe they stay in house with Teddy Bridgewater. Bottom line is Micah Parsons would be a really good pick. He'd he'd make that defense even better, a young defense that would really be growing into into their future. And I think it's exciting times in Carolina. They're, the young core of players is really good, and Matt Rule's leadership it, it could be leading them in the the right direction. So, moving on to the ninth overall pick, the Denver Broncos. Who do you see the Broncos selecting? So I have the Broncos taking uh, the defensive end from Miami, Gregory Rosu. Um, and I, I just think, you know, Von Miller, he got hurt. There's He has a $17.5 million cap hit um, if he's still on the roster. There's been talk about, you know, the Broncos moving on from the former Super Bowl MVP. And I just think, you know, Rosu's there. I know we're not as high on him as uh, a lot of people are, but I, I think that NFL teams will love to see that really high upside in that almost elite athletic uh athletic traits and i think you know he could if, especially if they get rid of uh, von miller this offseason i could see rose through being a pick there i think it, it would make a lot of sense i i would prefer queedy pay if you're going to go with an edge rusher i know you would too but who we know that russo needs development and who better to learn under than than von miller and, and another pro baller and bradley chubb so that it would definitely make sense they could also go corner with uh one of the top corners in the draft or the wild card is taking a quarterback if they're not satisfied with Drew Locke. But I think that Gregory Rousseau would, would I, it's a realistic pick. I could see it. So now moving on to wrap up the top 10 America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, who do you have them selecting? All right. So at number 10, you just mentioned some of the top corners uh, in the draft. And I have the first one going off the board, uh, the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertain, the cornerback from Alabama. Um, and I, I think some problems that people have with Sertain um, is, you know, he doesn't create a lot of turnovers, but I think, you know, the, he only has that problem because he's so good in coverage. And he doesn't get thrown – the ball doesn't get thrown to him very much, so he doesn't have many opportunities for turnovers. So I think Sertain is my, – my board isn't set yet, but he's probably the best uh, cornerback, um, in my opinion, in the draft. I agree. I've got him a hair against ahead of Caleb Farley. For me, Sertan is more is a more solid, technically sound corner. And even though I think Farley is a, is a pure cover corner, as a pure cover corner, he's better than Sertan. But his zone coverage and his run defense are just not up to par with with Sertan at all, and that keeps him behind him. I think that the, the Cowboys are definitely looking to go in that direction at corner, and why not pair Trayvon Diggs with his former Alabama teammate with a. Patrick Sertan, because we know Trayvon Diggs is more of a more of that flashy, try to get the turnover, a little inconsistent corner. And so on the other side, having a more rock solid, consistent, technically sound corner in Patrick Sertan could give them that that combo that that complements each other really well. And I think this is a pick that Dallas Cowboys fans would really like. So moving on to 11th overall, the New York Giants. Now they they barely missed the playoffs, but at the same time, they were also six and ten. So 
they do have several areas of need that they could be addressing. So which one do you see them filling uh, at 11th overall? Well, in all honesty, I don't really have them picking one of their biggest areas of need. Um, I just have them going with one of the best players on the board. Um, I think, you know, they had a really good defense, especially the second half of the season. And why not continue to upgrade that um, and take the defensive end from Michigan, Quiddy Pay? Wow, I think this would he I think Quiddy Pay is definitely good enough to go in this range. I, I I think very highly of him. He's my number one edge rusher. He's a thick, compact uh, edge rusher who sets the tone against the run and also has shown surprising refinement in 2020 uh in in getting to the passer uh with with a uh, pass rush tools. And I think that he's definitely the type of guy that could be going in that range but to the New York giants. They do, they could use a wide receiver, but both the top two are gone. They could use an offensive lineman, but at the end of the day, Dave Gettleman does like building the trenches and maybe he thinks I took Andrew Thomas last year. So let's go on the other side of the, of the line and go with the defensive lineman. It, it might not be as crazy as it sounds when you compare it to, to their areas of need, as, as you said, uh, 12th overall. Now San Francisco here, I see you've got an interesting pick, so give it to us. Well, you know, it's it's still a little early on the draft process, I think. You know, odds are this player probably won't be available at 12 uh, when the draft's said and done. But it's kind of just really how my mock draft uh, fell apart. And obviously, we don't do mock trades, um, especially this early in the season. So, you know, this is where uh, Trey Lance falls at number 12. Wow, I think that... Uh, you're right. There, there's maybe a team or two that could pick him ahead. Maybe the Panthers, maybe the Broncos, but it's definitely possible that he's there for the 49ers and slotting him in, in into that Kyle Shanahan scheme that that's very run heavy and can take uh, advantage of his uh, dual threat abilities. And with all that offensive firepower with run after the catch ability could be really intriguing. I do think that Trey Lance needs to sit a full year. He's got very high upside, but he's a one year FCS starter who has some footwork issues, which leads to the inconsistent ball placement and so given given that background he would be best uh to to sit a full year but i think they they could either jimmy garoppolo or nick mullins one of them could serve as as that bridge quarterback and i think it's 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 a bold pick at 12th overall but it's it's, it's definitely not one of the craziest so moving on to 13th uh los angeles chargers they've got their quarterback of the future with uh who justin herbert who's going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, and uh, so who do you have them taking it to ensure uh, the future of Herbert? So you might start noticing a trend here. Uh, this is the third team that we have um, that has a well going into the season will be a second year starting quarterback, and this will be the third team taking an offensive tackle. And you know you got to protect that young quarterback. That's the number one thing. If he's not protected, it doesn't matter who he has to throw the ball to, um, and Let's protect Justin Herbert with Christian Derrissaw, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Yeah, actually, if you look on, on our Instagram page and, and you scroll down to my mock draft 1.0 from two weeks ago, I actually have all three of these picks at with the, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Chargers. I, I really like Sewell, Slater, and Derrissaw. I, I think I even also put out a post saying that my bold take is that this offensive tackle class is better than last year's, and I stand by that. But at the top, I think it edges last year's, and then it has much more depth in my opinion. But the fact is these young, these teams with young quarterbacks would be best served picking these uh, really good offensive line prospects to give them protection and and really give that insurance policy to, to their quarterback of the future. And I, I, I totally agree with these picks. 
Um, 14th overall, the Minnesota Vikings, kind of a down year for the Vikings compared to their uh, recent playoff appearances and playoff victories, actually, in, in some of the last few years. So what piece do you have them adding to try to get right back into, into the NFC Championship playoff picture? All right, so you were talking about that uh, you think this offensive line class is better than uh, last year's. So let's go to our fourth uh, offensive lineman off the board, wow. you know, Vera Tucker. Yeah, I, I like Vera Tucker a lot. I think that he was he was a left guard last year, and he performed admirably. Great run defender, very powerful. And then he moved out to left tackle to replace Austin Jackson, who was last year's first round picks for the Dolphins. And I, I thought he was phenomenal. He, 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 I do think he has the athleticism to stay outside at left tackle. And he's the type of player where you draft him as a tackle and on the blind side, I think he's going to give you high level play, but if, if, if you're not satisfied with it, or if you, if you have a more of a need at guard, he can slide in and, and be an elite pro ball level guard too. So I'm really high on Vera Tucker. I think that versatility he gives you is just really special. And you know what? I, I think that it would make sense. They've got Dalvin Cook. They've got really talented receivers to make the passing game special. And shoring up that offensive line would just maybe solidify that offense as emerging as one of the best offenses in, in the league if Kirk Cousins can really consistently get the ball to his targets. And moving on to, to 15th, this is weird seeing the New England Patriots here. So uh, who do you have the Patriots selecting in, in this unusually high draft pick for them? So I, I think this is uh, a pick that will make a lot of Patriots fans happy. I think, honestly, uh, again, like some other picks, get it, when you get into April, this guy might not be available um, at 15 for the Patriots. But like I said, right now we, we don't know what's really going on with a lot of teams. So I have the Patriots taking the tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida. Wow. I think that it's a pick, it's a pick that makes a lot of sense on paper. We still have to see if, if Bill Belichick would be the type to take a tight end. In the first round, it doesn't seem like the, a, a position he would really go for that high, but he has surprised us in recent years, so we'll, so we'll see if, they, if that comes true in April. Uh, moving on to uh, the 16th overall pick with the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you have the Cardinals picking 16th? All right, so the Cardinals, um, their defense is probably the weaker part of their team um, in comparison to their offense, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I think the defense is definitely an area that needs to be improved. And, you know, you have Patrick Peterson who's getting old. He honestly might be on his way out of Arizona, maybe if not this year, maybe next year. So, you know, why not pick a, a, a cornerback that can eventually uh, replace Patrick Peterson and Caleb Farley? Yeah, I think the, the Cardinals really don't hesitate to take these high potential defensive players that might need a little more experience and a little more refinement. I'm thinking Hassan Reddick, uh, Isaiah Simmons, and – Caleb Farley really could be next in line. He's got really, as I said earlier, really special uh, pure coverage skills to, to run with anyone. He just needs to shore up that zone coverage and that that run defense. I'm not sure he's there because I think that he'll be very highly touted for the, for those reasons. But if he's there, I, I, I see the pick happening. Uh, 17th overall, the the Raiders. Who do you have the Raiders picking? I, I think, you know, the past few years, the Raiders have been a little hard to uh, figure out who they're going to pick. Um, you know, with Mike May Mayock and John Gruden there. Um, so I think, you know, the Raiders could probably go a lot of different places here. I have the Raiders picking uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, a linebacker of Notre Dame. He just – he kind of seems like a Mike Mayock guy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. You know, he's he's just – he's a hard-nosed player, very fast too. Come from a big program, which we've seen the the Raiders with Mayock really do want to go for the for those top programs. And – 
I, I this was actually the pick I made for the Raiders in, in my mock draft a couple weeks ago, and I stand by it. I think it would be a good pick too. Uh, moving on to 18th, the the Dolphins. They got J, the they got my bad. They got Panay Sewell third overall. So now they have their 18th overall pick, which they own themselves. Who do you have the Dolphins picking? So I have the Dolphins picking uh, Jalen Phillips, a defensive end from Miami. Um, I think you know they could go wide receiver. Um, but I, I don't really know. Um, you know, they could, they, I guess they could go waddle, but at the end of the day, I thought, you know, Jalen Phillips, he's from the university of Miami. Um, I think the Dolphins could, continue, they already have a great defense, but I think they could continue to, um, improve that edge rush, uh, for the pass rush. So Jalen Phillips. I gotta say, I, I don't, I don't know about this one. I, I think that they would their wide receiver core is really not up to par and they need they need to give Tua more weapons because he's he's might he's maybe not quite dynamic enough to really elevate an offense himself he doesn't need those weapons like he had at Alabama so I see them going Jalen Waddle or Rashad Bateman uh I, I don't know about going defensive end especially because I think that um Flores really has a, a solid defensive scheme where he where he doesn't really need pure edge rushers to get to the quarterback he can really use some of those hybrids like Kyle Van Noy that he brought over from from New England to get to the quarterback, but um, Jalen Phillips definitely could be going in that range, and if he still is available, you know what, maybe maybe end up being right. Uh, moving on to nineteenth, uh, another really intriguing pick with the Washington Football Team. So, what do you have, uh, Washington picking? All right, so this is a, a pick that you know got a little little bit of controversy um, in the comments of our Instagram post a little bit. Uh, Mac Jones uh, going to the Washington football team at 19. And, you know, someone asked me um, if I thought he was a first-round talent. Uh, we discussed this in our last podcast episode. No, we don't think he's a first-round talent. But we see every year why, uh, quarterbacks get drafted higher than they should because they're quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I think Jones is the type of quarterback that really has a very wide draft range because if you look at – that bottom of the first round range, there's a few teams who are really without a quarterback of the future, Washington, Chicago, Pittsburgh with potentially Ben retiring this year or next year. Um, and then for me, it becomes if one of those teams really likes Jones, then he can go in the first round. As you said, if the if the Washington football team thinks he's he's the guy, he can go 19th overall. But if none of those teams like him, then you, we could see him fall a lot into round two or even potentially into round three. So I think Mac Jones' draft stock is going to be something that's going to be really interesting to see. As you said, he's not a guy that I see as a franchise quarterback, not at all a first-rounder in my opinion. I think he does need really an elite supporting cast like he had at Alabama to bail out what's really uh, hidden as inconsistent ball placement. Um, he's a one-year starter. He has got he lacks elite pass rush awareness. He, he's a little dangerous throwing while getting hit. So I think with all those issues, we both agree that he's not a franchise quarterback. But – it's not crazy to see him go in the first round. As you said, quarterbacks get pushed up the board. Moving on, the, the Chicago Bears, Allen Robinson might be on his way out as a, as a free agent. So I see uh, you have the Bears really uh, filling in that need. So who do you have the Bears picking? Yeah, so I have the Bears taking Jalen Waddell at number 20. And I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense. They don't really have wide receivers uh, behind Allen Robinson. I know Mooney played well, but he's not a wide receiver one. Um, and I, I think – you know, Nagy was uh, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs when Tyreek Hill really burst onto the scene. And, you know, Waddle, although I don't think he's going to be Tyreek Hill, there's only one Tyreek Hill, but he has a similar skill set. And I think, you know, Nagy seeing, you know, how much Tyreek Hill did for that Chiefs offense might say, hey, let me get myself one of the uh, Tyreek Hill type guy uh, for my offense. 
Yeah, I think that could definitely happen. I would prefer Rashad Bateman here. If they lose Allen Robinson, I think they need more of that possession receiver who can move the chains consistently, especially I don't I don't think they're going to end up with a quarterback, whoever, whichever direction they go with, that's going to be really dynamic to push the ball downfield with a with a speedster like like Waddle. And I also don't think Waddle's going to be here, but if he were to be there, I think this is, this is his floor. I don't think he drops any lower than 20th. As you said, Matt Nagy would really he would run up that, that card because he, he having had Tyreek Hill in the past, I don't think Waddle is Tyreek Hill, but he'll draw that he might draw that comparison and, and look to develop him in, in order to, to be really that guy who takes the top off the defense. Um, moving on at 21st overall, we have the Indianapolis Colts. Who do you have the Colts picking? So I have the Colts taking uh, Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle from Texas. Uh, they just recently had Anthony Costanzo uh, retire. So I think, you know, they need uh, a replacement for that. And, you know, I think if Mac Jones was there, uh, I think, you know, if the Colts think he could be a quarterback in the future, I think they could take him. But I, I really think the Colts are a really well-built team. Um, so I think, you know, they might take a position where, you know, they just had one of their franchise's best players retire um, and, and fill that need for them. Yeah, actually we had, we had their, uh, uh, general manager Ballard uh, recently say in a, in a clip that kind of went viral, at least I, from what I've seen, uh, he explained that that going quarterback early is not something he's going to force because he, he he believes that you really got to build the, build the team around the quarterback and then you can't force that quarterback selection because if you if you miss on that quarterback selection, you get it, it gets blamed on you and you get fired. So it's better to wait and get that get a really good quarterback option when it eventually comes along, then force it too early. Because as we saw, as we see right now with that team, Phillip Rivers was not by any means an elite quarterback this year, but they still almost beat the Buffalo Bills who are heading to the AFC championship game. They can still be competitive without a top level quarterback until they find the next guy, their franchise quarterback. And I definitely don't, I definitely don't think that that guy is going to be found at 21st. Anthony Costanzo is he's getting old and he's had injury issues. Sam Cosme seems like a, a realistic pick to me. Moving on to 22nd overall, the Tennessee Titans. Who do you have the Titans selecting? All right, so I'm going to be honest. I don't think this pick mean, uh, needs too much explanation. The Tennessee Titans pass rush was awful this year. Um, so I have the Titans picking Aziz Ojolari, the defensive end from Georgia. Yep, I, I'm right on board with this pick. I think that they, they need a pass rush to be able to contend for an AFC championship and a Super Bowl berth. And I think that Aziz Ojolari is a player I like a lot. I think he's got he's a complete player who's really coming into his game. with a, with a He's got a good frame. Good, he's starting to get some hand moves. He's very athletic. He's got high potential. I really like Ojolari for the Titans right here. The 23rd pick, uh, the, the Jets acquired this from, from the Seahawks and then Jamal Adams uh, trade. Who do you have the Jets picking? So I think the Jets could go so many different ways here uh, at 23. I've been taking J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. Um, I think cornerback was really a poor position for the Jets this year. Um, and I think, you know, Horn could, could really uh, improve that, that secondary. Yeah, I think this is a tough uh, pick to predict right now because the Jets, as you said, have a lot of needs across the board, and they don't even know their, how their draft board is going to look like, and they're really in a position to go best player available. We can't really know who that best player available is, but certainly could be J.C. Horn. I wouldn't agree with it. I think he's he's really too grabby, and he's going to get exposed for that in the NFL. He might not have that that real uh, fluidity and uh, uh, quickness to, to mirror wide receivers. So I have a second-round grade on, on Horn, but you know he, he could be going in, the, in this late first-round uh, area. 24th overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we really saw them have – 
a meltdown of, of a late season. Started 11-0, only won one game after that, and got embarrassed by the Browns in the wild card round in, in a game that was not as close as the final score looked. So who, who do the Steelers start with in order to build in the future, which really isn't looking like it has Ben Roethlisberger in it much longer? Yeah, so, you know, maybe that that uh, you might be hinting at a quarterback here. No, I don't think there's a quarterback worthy of going um, here to the Steelers. I think the, the Steelers' biggest issue um, this season was their run game. It was it was really not very good. They could never even got it started uh, at all this season. So I think, you know, they'll probably go running back. I think it's kind of a toss between the two, but I think Najee Harris is the guy the Steelers will take. I think he, he just kind of fits that Pittsburgh mentality of, you know, hard-nosed running, you know, run people over. Um, and I think, you know, he's a great player. Yeah, I I love this pick. I love this pick. I you know, I know we're both really high on Najee Harris. He's my RB1. He's yours too. I think he's just, he's got everything going for him. At 24th, he would be an absolute steal. And there's, don't force a quarterback pick. There's no quarterback here that, that can be a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. So get that running back who you can actually build your offense around because, in my opinion, Najee Harris is that good. The dude's a beast. He, he is so fat, so physical. It's actually really surprisingly quick and shifty for his size. He can even catch out of the backfield. You can split him out wide and make him run a route. He is so talented, and I think he would he would really restore the Pittsburgh rushing attack to what it was with Lev Bell. Even if, even if the the offensive line is not what it was back then, Najee Harris can give them an elite rushing offense, which which is what they would need right now in order to to give that offense another dimension. And moving on to twenty fifth, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you you gave them Trevor Lawrence. We know Lawrence is going to be going number one overall. What direction do you see them going in at 25th overall, their next pick after getting their quarterback of the future? All right, so I see the Jaguars uh, going wide receiver here. I think their their offensive line isn't great, but I think, you know, with that 33rd pick, I still think there'll be somebody available uh, to improve that offensive line at 33. Um, I think a guy that they could go with at 25 is Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver uh, from Minnesota, I think. He might not even fall this far. I don't think he'll get to 33. Um, so I think the Jaguars could go with Bateman here. I think they, their wide receiver core is not that good. I think, you know, give Trevor Lawrence a really good uh, number one receiver. I, I love this this train of thought. For me, the, the second round uh, talent at offensive tackle is going to be making it well worth it to take one at 33rd overall. Maybe I like Tevin Jenkins there. There's other guys like Jalen Mayfield, Alex Leatherwood. And at 25th overall, if Rashad Bateman is sitting there, which, you know, he might because he's not going to run the best 40 time at the combine, but he's a really big, physical, very talented route runner at the receiver position. And that gets you open and that gets you volume as a receiver in the NFL. I, I love Bateman at, the, at 25th overall. This would be a great pick for the Jaguars. And at 26, the, the Cleveland Browns, they, they've had a tremendous season, ending an 18-year playoff drought beating the Steelers in the wild card round, giving the, the Chiefs a run for their money uh, this past Sunday. What can the Browns do to really try to make a, an even more serious push in the AFC playoffs? So I'm going to be honest. I think the Browns are a really well-built team. I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Obviously, I think Baker Mayfield is really good. Um, they have an amazing running game. They're wide receivers. I think, you know, they don't have the best wide receivers. I think Odell will probably be traded. But I don't think they need another star receiver. I think the receivers they have really fit the game that they do. And then I think, you know, their defense is really solid. But there's definitely areas they can improve. Um, 
So I have them taking Zavin Collins, uh, the linebacker from Tulsa, who's a player that I really like. Yeah, I think this this will be a great pick. As you said, there's no glaring need for the Browns. Now, offense is plenty good as it is. Adding a, a really solid player in the middle of that defense for the Browns that they're maybe kind of lacking with since Joe Schobert left. It would it would really give them that extra that extra push. I, I agree with the pick. Twenty um, seventh overall, we've got the Baltimore Ravens and. We've seen the offense lag a little bit in the playoffs in the recent years. They might they have a lot of regular season success, but they're they're not fit, they haven't figured out how to win in the playoffs. Will Lamar Jackson? Yes. So how are you fixing that for the Ravens? So I, I think you know the Ravens, although their run offense is really good, I think their pass offense is lacking. I think you know one that comes down to Lamar's not the best passer in the world, um, and I think also they they don't have a a solid receiver that's always going to get open. I think Hollywood Brown is flashy, but he's not consistent. So I think they could go with a, a consistent receiver um, in Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver from LSU. Yeah, I think he, he's a guy who could gain a lot of steam in this draft process. He had a big season for LSU uh, with, with Chase opting out and with Justin Jefferson having gotten drafted and having a phenomenal season for the Vikings. It, he stepped up and met those wide receiver one expectations for, for the Tigers and uh, I put out a scouting report on him on on full take scouting, so make sure to check that out. But I, well, the bottom line with him is he may not be really special in any area, but he's got no weakness. He's a, no big weakness. He's a really well-rounded receiver, and sometimes those players get overlooked because there's nothing super flashy about them. But it does translate to early success in the NFL. So Terrace Marshall is going to be a guy I've I've graded in late first, early second. And I do think with this draft process, if he runs well at the combine, he could find his way into the first round. And the Baltimore Ravens really, really, really need a wide receiver to help Lamar Jackson take his game to the next level and and, and find more consistency as a thrower. Um, 28th overall, we have the New Orleans Saints. This is this is a start of a new era for the Saints because Drew Brees is his career in, in New Orleans is over. And farewell to a legend. Now they got to figure out life without him. How, what do you think the, the Saints are going to do in this 2021 NFL draft? Well, first of all, you know, it's it's not official yet. He hasn't sure. announced his retirement, but I think everyone assumes that he's going to retire. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, the video clip of him and Brady on the field after everyone's gone, except obviously the video guy, um, you know, they had their street clothes, you know, just it looked like it, it really looked like this is the end for Breeze. And it, it was a sad way for him to go out. Um, with three interceptions, but you know, you can't always write a storybook ending. Um, but I think you know, I'm gonna have the Saints taking Jason away here, uh, from Penn State. I, I, I don't really expect him to go to the Saints. I, I just think it's really hard right now to see any direction for the Saints. I think they could improve that offense with another wide receiver with Michael Thomas. Um, they don't need a running back. I think their offensive line is pretty solid, but it's just really hard to see um, what direction the Saints will go. Yeah, I think it's always pretty difficult with the Saints because the conventional thought is to is to mock players that correspond to draft needs for teams, but the Saints really like to reinforce positions that they, they already are strong at. We, we've seen that numerous times in the offensive line several years ago with Andres P, then with Ryan Ramchek, and then last year with Cesar Ruiz, we did. None of those times that we think the offensive line is a real priority for the Saints. They got to address it, but they really want to stay top level at, at that position. They could do the same at defensive line. They've they've got um, Cameron Jordan. They've got Trey Hendrickson, who 
had a really, really quietly got 13 and a half sacks this year. They've got Marcus Davenport too. So it probably is pretty unlikely they go defensive end, but it's in the realm of possibility given their, their history of reinforcing positions of strength. And there's really no clear direction right now. A wide receiver would definitely be a lot of help to in that offense, but it's not impossible. Uh, moving on to 29th. So the Bucks. You, this player is someone who who really shined the last two weeks. Uh, who do you have the Bucks selecting? Yeah, so I have the Bucks picking uh, Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama, and it, it, he's hard for me to put a first round grade on, just because he's wildly inconsistent. There's some games where his tape is really bad, um, and then there's other, you know, his playoffs this year were just outstanding. So it, sometimes I struggle with giving guys that are that inconsistent um, a first-round grade. But I, I think, you know, it might be coming to the end for Indomitian Sioux. Uh, they have Vita Vea who got injured, unfortunately. And, you know, sometimes the bigger guys, it, it's harder for them to come back from season-ending season injuries uh, like he had. So I, I think, you know, that defensive line is something that could probably use some reinforcement. And I think I think with Christian Barmore's uh, playoff performance that he'll probably end up being a late first-round pick. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna kind of disagree with you. I think he could go he could go even higher. It's a really weak defensive tackle class. He's my he's my number one defensive tackle in this class. I have a first round grade on him, not super high, but I still do because I think he has so much potential as a pass rusher and really getting that pass rushing value from the defensive tackle spot at a high level is really rare. And teams are gonna want to take a chance on that, especially seeing the two week performance he put up against. Uh, Notre Dame and against Ohio State in the college football playoff. I'm not sure he falls this low, but if he were to, I, I could definitely see the Bucks pulling the trigger because Vita Vey is, 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 is a pro ball level uh, defensive tackle, but he's more of an elite run stuffer than a dynamic pass rusher. So pairing him with, with Christian Barmore could give them a really good defensive tackle pairing that complements each other, and that, that would be a tremendous pick for, for the Bucks if they were to develop Barmore into a more consistent player, like you said. Um, 30th overall, the Buffalo Bills, who will be competing in the AFC Championship this upcoming weekend. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season, and that's the, that's the case for the for these four teams right here. The, again, uh, these these four picks, 29th through 32, are not at all final. It all depends on what happens in the remainder of the playoffs. Um, but who could the Buffalo Bills be targeting in the this upcoming draft? So I have the Bills taking Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State, and. I just I think that the Bills have a, a good offensive line. I think their tackles are a lot better than their interior. I think, you know, their running game wasn't great, and I don't think they have a star at running back, but I think it could be better uh, than it was with the running backs that they have if they improve that interior offensive line a little bit. So regardless of what happens on the AFC Championship game, um, I, I think they should probably look to improve that run game, and I think that starts with improving the interior offensive line. Oh, totally. I think that that offense that we've seen, the pa the passing offense is, is so dynamic. Josh Allen had a remarkable breakout year. Stephon Diggs has is, is proven to be a, an amazing addition for that offense, but the run game really wasn't up to par. Um, they could be going Travis Etienne, just straight up taking the running back, the dynamic running back, or they could definitely be going for a guard who's proven to be a really powerful uh, run blocker who generates movement and opens those lanes. And that's Wyatt Davis. Uh, we don't really, I don't think we know the details yet on the injury he suffered in the national championship game, but 
if it's not too serious, I do think he does land in this late first round uh, area, and he would be a, he would be a great pick for for the Bills, in my opinion, if if the injury is not too serious. Thirty um, first overall, the Green Bay Packers. Are they going to win the Super Bowl or not? Who knows? That's that's not what we're talking about right now. But regardless, um, what do you think the the Packers are are going with that thirty one? So I I think the Packers, uh, like you said earlier, the few teams are really really well-built team um i think their offensive line is really good i think their running backs obviously are really good who knows what's going to happen with Aaron jones but i do not see them taking another running back um after what they did last year um i think their their defense was really good i, I think you know what we've been saying for a few years is are they going to take a wide receiver to pair uh with Devonte adams and i think this might be the year uh, i've been taking Kadarius tony the wide receiver from florida yeah, I'm really I'm on board with this pick in terms of uh, the, uh, the prediction side of it. I think that the, the Packers might really finally decide to take a wide receiver to pair with Devontae Adams. And Adams is, is a really talented route runner and, and a possession receiver. He can also go deep, but they could get that true deep threat that really has the elite speed with uh, Kadarius Tony, I think you really need to develop him and to, in order to for him to reach his full potential, he's not coming into the league as a, as a really polished player. It's a lot of potential right now, but the skill set is so intriguing. His run after catch ability with the wiggle elusiveness, quickness and speed he has is really attractive. And that offense is already really good. And what better way to keep Aaron Rodgers performing at a, a really high level than to give him, to finally give him an, an attractive second option at wide receiver. And uh, with the last pick in the first round with this uh, preliminary draft order, which by the way is uh, based on uh, their regular season performances. This we're just using the tankathon draft order, uh, but here are the chiefs at 32 overall, how would they close out the first round? So I think regardless of where the chiefs uh, go in the, between these like, bottom four teams, I think, the Chiefs really need to improve that offensive line. I think Patrick Mahomes makes it look better uh, than it is just by the way he runs around and scrambles and just avoids avoids sacks and avoids pressure. I think, you know, they had um, their center left in free agency last year. Uh, he went to the Bills. Um, and I think, you know, they could have some improvement uh, at center. And I have them taking Creed Humphrey, the center from uh, Oklahoma. Wow. Wow. Um... I don't, I don't know if Creed Humphrey is going to be a first-round pick. I, I'm not sure he has that athletic profile that teams would, would want for, uh, a, for the, a first-round center, but he definitely would be uh, that signal caller on the offensive line that coordinates everything and, and, and keeps the line working well. And it, it, I think you're right that it, it would definitely be an area that they should look into. I think they could be going in the, in the secondary. Uh, they could definitely be looking in that area, maybe one of the Georgia corners or, or – uh, something else in that direction, but solid pick to, to wrap up the, the first round. And so here, here, that that's it. That's the, that's Alex, Alex Greb's mock draft 2.0. And the way we're working with mock drafts is every two weeks, one of us will post a mock draft. So for each of us separately, that's, that's every four weeks, but every other Monday you will be having a mock draft on bolt take scouting. Make sure to follow us and, and check it out. And again, this will be posted on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we've also made a Twitter recently, so make sure to check out Bull Take Scout on Twitter. So great mock draft, Alex, and um, we're excited to see you guys for another weekly episode of the Bull Take Scouting Podcast next week.